welcome to episode 29 of Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. I'm Gabby. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Eddard Chapter 6 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read before listening. So the news that we have today is that George R.R. Martin is doing a project with HBO for a new series uh, called Roadmarks. Um, it's based off of a science fiction project that apparently George R. R. Martin did with Robert Zelaney. And Martin considers him to be a friend and mentor, so it's, I guess it's a deeply personal thing. It also says that he had passed away, rec- not recently, 1995. Yeah. So this kind of makes it more special for him. Yeah. So Roadmarks is a plot that revolves around a central highway that links all time and possible realities. Each of the highway, uh, many ex- exist... And lead to new future or past from one reality to another. So, like you said, yeah, some like Twilight Zone stuff. Twilight Zone, yeah. Looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's our news. For sure. And the Martin message was just the same thing. He, he wrote a blog post about Roger Zelanzi and about Roadmarks and how it came to be. I'll post a link for it so you guys can read more into it. Um, I did want to talk about something, though, because... I, I feel this way. I'm sure we all feel this way, too. Um, there's people online saying, like, it feels like George R. R. Martin is, like, abandoning his fan base because he's not sticking to the project that he said he would finish last year. Book. Yeah. Yep. The Winds of Winter book. Um, I know I'm very frustrated by it just because he's given us deadline after deadline and still nothing. And now he's starting... A completely new project, right? A couple, couple new, projects. couple new projects, yeah. and not focusing on what he promised his fans. I'm not trying to like bash Martin or anything. I know he's got a lot going on. I know he's a very busy person, but some people do feel like I've read comments online that they feel like abandoned. You yeah, know what why I'm saying? add more to the mix? Exactly. Yeah. So, just some food for thought there. Yeah. I mean, I would I would definitely check out Roadmarks when it hits because I'm into that Twilight Zone stuff. So yeah, looks interesting for sure. Yeah. Our listener answers from last week are um, the first question was why do you think John defended Sam? Um, and we actually had two people, three people answer them this time. Um, so Aunt Katie said, I think John defended Sam initially because he is humane. And then because he identifies with the fact that Sam cannot change who he j- who is just like John. Um, cannot change being a bastard. Mm-hmm. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Emily said, I think it goes back to outcasts befriending outcasts. Kind of like what Katie said there. John is probably sensitive to people who are bullied because he identifies with them. For sure. And Christian said, uh, because when John was younger, people were picking on him for being an outcast and bastard. He likes to inherently protect people that are outcasts. So, yeah, from that I'm hearing a lot of, like, he's a protector. He sympathizes with people, like, that, that feel outcast yeah. because he is outcast himself. Yeah. So. Um, our second question is, what do we think happened to Benjamin Stark? Um, and Aunt Katie says, I think Benjamin Stark may not return. It has been too long. He may have been killed by an enemy or the cruel nature of all beyond the wall. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of possibilities of what exactly happened to him, if he's going to return, what's going on with him. Yeah. Uh, Emily says, unsure. I'd like to think he's not dead. Yeah, me too. Same. He seems strong enough and smart enough to tough it out beyond the wall. I mean, he is first ranger. Mm -hmm. And not 
uh, and not get caught by White Walkers. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian says that he thinks he got trapped beyond the wall, and he probably just got lost. I don't know if he got lost. <laughs> yeah, because he's the first ranger. Yeah. So he probably knows. He should know his way. His way, yeah. Um, he's either with the wildlings or he's dead. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Our third and final question is, how do you think Sam will do in the Night's Watch? Will he find a skill? Aunt Katie says, Sam does not fight, so he will hopefully find something to, to do besides guarding the wall. Maybe he can make or take care of the weapons or cook or take care of the animals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think he'll find something. Yeah, and we know that he likes to read. Yeah, he's a very smart they person. Probably have a library or something. Yeah. Oh, they do have a library. They do have a library. So, um, Emily says, I don't think he will do very well at fighting anyone, obviously. Yeah. But the Night's Watch seems to be a place where outcasts find their place. Good point. Um, I like to think he finds his place somewhere. Yeah. And it, it's so much of like a family, even against the. Um, the Master at Arms, what's his name? Malister? Not mm-hmm. Malister. Um. Uh. Alistair. 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 Like, you saw all of the brothers kind of band together to protect Sam. Yeah. So he's already finding his place. He just doesn't know, like, his role yet, you know? Yeah. Uh, Christian says that I don't think he will find a sword skill, but I think his knowledge will help the Night's Watch. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think he's, he's got to bring something to the table. For sure. And that's it. That's it. Sweet. Thanks for answering our questions, guys. Last episode, we spent some time with John up at Castle Black, um, where he met Samuel Tarley, who he seems to be very quickly building a strong bond with. Today, we follow Ned on his investigation, as it unfurls. (laughs) Um, We travel outside of the Red Keep and meet a character with some surprising and questioning attributes that leaves Ned even more puzzled in hmm. his investigation. Um, the wine we are drinking tonight uh, went pretty simple. Um, it's something that I pick on a night where I just need a bottle of wine. You know, you know those nights. Um, it's called Yes Way Rosé. And yeah, it's pretty good. Is it fruity or sweet? It's... Remember from last week? Not last week, one of the last episodes. I don't necessarily think it's... Too much of either. It's a rosé. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And with that, our sixth wine rule from the new wine rules book by John Bonet. Um, it is there's a difference between fruity and sweet. I'm like I'm gonna just read this because it's pretty short, and he gives like a really cool diagram of sorts yeah. of mm. what's fruity, sweet, savory, or dry. I will post this because it's kind of cool. Yeah. It just gives you, like, the range of what type of wine is what. It's really cool. Anyways. The words sweet and dry have specific technical meanings when referring to wine, and they have to do with the residual sugar. I know we talked about that Mm -hmm. when I talked about fruity and sweet. Mm -hmm. Wine is typically made by converting grape sugar into alcohol. Usually all the sugar gets converted, although sometimes a bit is left over, which is the residual sugar. No residual sugar, that's a dry wine. Some sugar left over, it might be sweet. And he goes, it's like a asterisk. He says, the different types of Riesling are a great example of how a single varietal can yield a range of wines from bone dry to very sweet. Which is true. I really yeah. like Riesling because it's very diverse. Diverse. Yeah. Yes, I, was, I like the word. Yeah. So this means a wine can taste like fruit even if it's completely dry. 
meaning no residual sugar. It can also taste like things other than fruit, like we talked about before, mineral, herbal, or animal, even if there's sugar left. I know, that animal (laughs) thing is weird. (laughs) Fruity isn't necessarily the same as sweet, and savory isn't necessarily the same as dry. So yes, wine can be both sweet and savory. This is often even more complicated because some allegedly dry wines, in fact, can have quite a bit of sugar left in, like the old buttery style of California Chardonnay or some modern red blends. Next time you try your favorite wine, think about whether it's dry or sweet, fruity or savory. And then he references the chart on the side, which I will post for you guys. Mm -hmm. Nice. And that's our rule. Very nice. Yes. All right. Okay. Let's dive in because this is a... Good, good chapter. Pretty hell, juicy chapter. Hell of a chapter. Yeah. Yes. So the small council is preparing for the hands tourney that the king has commanded they hold, um, even though Ned doesn't want it to happen. He's very insistent um, that the tourney is for the king and not for him because he really, really doesn't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. So every time someone says the hands tourney, he's like, no. The, <laughs> no. the king wants it. I don't, I don't want anything it's to do with it. <laughs> And then the commander of the city watch explains what is happening in King's Landing because of the excitement surrounding the tourney. And I have to read this from the book because it, it's just insane. Like, (laughs) okay. So he says, call it what you will, my lord. Knights have been arriving from all over the realm. And for every night we get two free riders, three craftsmen, six men at arms, a dozen merchants, two dozen whores, and more thieves than I dare guess. Dang. This cursed heat had half the city in a fever to start. And now with all these visitors, last night we had a drowning, a tavern oh. riot, a tavern riot, three knife fights, a rape, two fires, robberies beyond count, and a drunken horse race down the streets of the sisters. The night before, a that woman's head... Me laugh. <laughs> what? The drunken horse oh, race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The night before, a woman's head was found in the great sept, floating in the rainbow pool. Yes, you heard that right. Just a head. Ew. No one seems to know how it got there or who it belongs to. So that's what's happening in King's Landing right now. Uh, shit's kind of whack, as you could say. Well, it's getting crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then Renly tells the commander of the city watch what watch that he better get everything under control and keep the peace and the commander is like i'm i'm trying my best here like this is some <laughs> crazy shit that's happening yeah have enough people to and deal he with doesn't this. have enough men yeah. to deal with everything yeah. so ned commands baelish to hire 50 more men for the commander to help him out and with that the commander leaves um and then ned turns to the rest of the council and says he can't wait for this to be over Pycelle chimes in and says that these sorts of events are good for the city, though, because it brings in a lot of money for the kingdom. So Ned then wonders out loud when Stannis will return, because remember, he's been kind of MIA Mm -hmm. for quite some time, like since the beginning of the book, right? I don't think we've seen him at all. We haven't seen Stannis We haven't seen him because he's at Dragonstone. Right. So... Um, yeah, so Ned's wondering where he's gonna, he is right now and when he's gonna return, because they could sure use his help right about now. And he's the, what's his role in this small council? Do you remember? I don't remember. Does someone want to look that up while I, while I continue? And after he wonders about Stannis, he ends the small council meeting and returns to his chambers. He orders for Jory to be brought to him and for his horses to be saddled. 
And he gets up to his chambers and he's taking off his silks and thinks of Catelyn and how he wants nothing more than a hug from his wife to hear Rob and John sparring in the yard again and to feel the coolness of the North. Um, so I think I'm thinking he was master of ships. Yes. Yep. You're right. Okay. So he was master of ships. Cool. As he waited for Jory to arrive, he sat down with the book he got from Pycelle. Remember last yes. Eddard, he went to Pycelle to ask about the, um, the, the death of John Aaron and what yeah. happened around that time. And Pycelle said he got this book out and he was borrowing this book from Pycelle. And the book was The Lineages and Histories of the Great Houses of the Seven Kingdoms with Descriptions of Many High Lords and Noble Ladies and Their Children by Grand Maester Malion. So he's kind of wondering what reason John had for this book because it had to be something important. Ned knew there was some truth hidden in the pages, but what exactly was it he wasn't sure. And it was just gnawing at him. So he opened to the section on House Lannister, and he was hoping something would jump out at him that would give him an answer. And I am going to read again from the book on page 274. Um, okay, so it says, He opened to the section on House Lannister once more and turned the pages slowly, hoping against hope that something would leap out at him. The Lannisters were an old family, tracing their descent back to Lan the Clever, a trickster from the Age of Heroes, who was no doubt as legendary as Bran the Builder, though far more beloved of singers and tale-tellers. In the songs, Lan was the fellow who wrinkled... Winkled? Winkled? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that was a weird word. Winkled the Casterlies out of Casterly Rock with no weapon but his wits, and stole gold from the sun to brighten the, his curly hair. Ned wished he were here now to winkle the truth out of the damnable book. It's like connive. What winkled means extract or obtain something yeah. with difficulty. Winkle. That's just winkled. a funny word. <laughs> so he's looking into the Lannisters because of what um, the suspicions that Cat had mm-hmm. about the, the dagger having it belong to Tyrion. Suddenly, there was a knock on the door, and Jory Castle enters his chambers. So, remember at the end of the last Ned chapter that he was meeting with Baelish, and he goes, I have an idea for your search. Aaron Squire is someone you should talk to. He could give you answers. And he sends Jory Castle to go find the Squire, because Ned could very well be watched. So, Ned asks if Jory found him, and he says yes. Jory goes on to tell Ned what he said. And he said, he claims he knew Lord Aaron well. Fast friends they were. The hand always gave the lads a copper on their name day, he says. Had a way with horses. Never rode his mounts too hard and brought them carrots and apples. So they were always pleased to see him. Hmm. And Ned literally just repeats carrots and apples. (laughs) I kind of thought that was funny. I don't know, just how he repeated it. Um, And he's thinking to himself that it sounded like this boy is just going to be even less help than the others. And he was the last of the four people that um, Littlefinger had turned up to help them, (laughs) you know, to talk to. Um, Sir Hugh had spoken to each of them in turn. And I guess Sir Hugh had been, I didn't know how to say this word. Bruce Brusque 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 Sir Hugh Sir Hugh was um one of the knights that oh. Jory had talking to 
Yeah. Um, all yeah. of the he different said a few people. people. Within, yeah. Like, there were a bunch. Gotcha. There were a couple different people out talking to these people. Um, and he said that he was in uninformative, uninformative, arrogant as only a newly made knight would be. So he's sounds like he's literally brand new yeah. to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Ned Ned kind of thinks how if the hand had wished to speak with um, Sir Hugh, he would have he should be pleased to receive him, but he would not be questioned by a mere captain of the guards. So he he sees it as like oh he should feel honored that he's helping me or you know mm-hmm. seeing me or in my presence kind right. of thing. But instead of that, he's like well you can't really tell me what to do. Yeah, except that's exactly what he literally does right but ned literally thinks even if that captain is 10 years older and 100 times a swordsman Mm -hmm. so he's 100 times a swordsman as sir hugh he was new though yeah so i mean fair enough (laughs) he knew to this whole thing yeah so maybe give him some time yeah he'll be better so um i guess they had spoke to a serving girl and the serving girl had been pleasant so she I guess, had been the only one that was. Um, She told Ned that Lord John had been reading more than that was good for him and that he was troubled in melancholy over over his young son's frailty and gruff with his lady wife. So Robin and... Robert. Robert and Liza. We're going to start to trip over. I trip over that all the time. Um, So yeah, he was upset about, obviously, his family. Um, And then the... The pot boy that they talked to, which, when they said pot boy. I imagine it's a cook. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking, like, the person that empties out their... Oh, chamber oh. pot boy? Chamber pots. Oh, that could be it, too. You know what I'm saying? I was thinking more of the not disgusting thing, but, but yeah. like, But it also does mention that he has kitchen gossip. Oh, then he must be in the it kitchen. It could have been a little bit of both. Yeah. Because it says the pot boy, now cord wainer. I just looked it up. It's a shoemaker. No. Yeah. What? Well, <laughs> Make shoes well. from leather. <laughs> okay. I well. knew you were going to ask about that, so I looked it up. We're... Alrighty. Mm. Um, so he had never exchanged so much as a word with Lord Aaron, but was full of oddments of kitchen gossip, as Ned says. Mm. So I have this little paragraph that I have is like... A bunch of different things that apparently Lord Aaron was experiencing and acting like and doing leading up to his death. Um, so apparently he was quarreling with the king. Um, he wasn't eating. He was sending his boy to be fostered at Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. So like, Wish, he's Wish sending Dennis's. yeah. So he's sending his son away. I I thought that was weird. Um, I'm gonna bet that Liza wasn't very happy about. That. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Um, he had taken a great interest in the breeding of the hunting hounds. He visited a master armorer in in the city to um, commission a new suit of plate that was pale pale silver with a blue jasper falcon and a mother of pearl moon on the breast. So he's mm-hmm. going out and getting something fancy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're talking about the... The squire, right? The squire? No. No. They're talking about Lord Aaron. So someone different. No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, I'm going to cut that out. (laughs) 
Um, and then he's apparently the pot boy had told him that the king's own brother had gone with Lord Aaron to help choose the design. And it wasn't Lord Renly, but it was Lord Stannis. Mm. Mr. I don't want to be around. Yeah. Was around. He was around. Yeah. Not only was he around, but he apparently maybe had an eye for fashion. <laughs> <laughs> he had an eye for fashion. I like that. Oh my gosh. Ooh, I want to go with you now. <laughs> um, so Ned then asked if the watchman recalled anything else basically just necessary that he should know. Um, and Jory tells him that the lad swears Lord John was as strong as a man half of his age and often went riding with Lord Stannis. Hmm. Huh. I thought, huh. I thought he was weak and dying. Right. Sickly. Right. Hmm. Weird. That's suspicious. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> so obviously this gets Ned's attention again, kind of like how it just got ours. Um, but for a different reason, I think. He kind of is thinking, okay, Stannis, again? Yep. Yeah. Um, he found that strange because Lord Aaron and Stannis had been cordial, but never exactly friendly. Mm -hmm. So them going out riding and going to pick out armor, armor together, yeah. <laughs> like, that's not... Buddy, buddy. Yeah, that's not what they would do. Right. Um, and while Robert had been riding north to Winterfell, um, Stannis... That's when Stannis left and removed himself to Dragonstone. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it kind of seems like he left pretty recently. Sounds like they might have uncovered something that might have made him want Stannis to leave. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yep. Um, and he gave no word as to when he would be back. So, mm -hmm. they, I mean, literally they have no idea. He just said peace. Yeah. He's like, bye. Yep. Um, so Ned asks where they used to go on these rides. And apparently the pot boy says that they um, they visited a brothel. So Ned's like, hold up. <laughs> a brothel? A brothel. Um, the Lord of Erie and the Hand of the King visit a brothel with Stannis Baratheon. Like, I'm not stupid. Tell like, me the truth. <laughs> like, what? And he's literally sitting there shaking his head, wondering. And he's like thinking to himself, wondering what um, Lord Renly would make of this. Because Stannis was a extremely different guy than Robert was. So Robert was drinking and he was brothels like and animated. Yeah. And he's yeah. got his humor and whatever yeah. and literally um Stannis is stern, humorless, unforgiving, and he's grim in his sense of duty. So literally polar opposites. And I think I read that they're only... Stannis is only a year younger than Robert. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's a different dude. Yeah. So, Jory then says that the boy insists it's true. The hand took three guardsmen with him, and the boy says they were joking of it when he took their horses afterward. So, Ned obviously asks which brothel they went to, but um, they didn't know. They just said that the boy said that the guards would know. Mm-hmm. Mm Obviously, if they were there. Yeah. So Ned, Ned's just thinking, okay, this is a pity because Liza, Liza took them to the veil. Yeah, all of the guards that would have been with John would have been just taken back so with her and Rob. Robert. Everyone who would Robert. know the answer is gone. Yes, literally. <laughs> and he says that. He's like, the gods, the gods are doing their best to vex us. Lady Liza, Maester, Maester Coleman... 
Lord Stannis, everyone who might actually know the truth of what happened to John Aaron is a thousand leagues away. That's insane. Yeah. That's I some bet sus. that's really frustrating. Such shit. I mean, like, why did Stannis everybody leave? Stannis is gone. Yeah. The guards are gone. Yeah. Liza took everyone to the Vale. Mm-hmm. That could answer any questions. Like, for what? So now... For what reason? Ned's trying to put pieces <laughs> together that... What was the reason? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, so... Jory asks Ned if he's going to summon Stannis from, like, back from Dragonstone. And Ned just says, not yet. He thinks he needs to obviously get more information, do more digging before he summons him. Because, I mean, for all he knows, he could have something to do do Mm -hmm. with it. Um, And that's kind of my next point is that the matter was nagging at him because, I mean, why did Stannis leave? Did he have something to do with it? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so then Ned just says, bring me my doublet, if you would. The gray with the gray one with the direwolf sigil. I want this armorer to know who I am. It might make him more forthcoming. Mm. So he's going to the armor. Yeah. So and he's, and he's flexing. Yeah. He True. said, I'm a Stark. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> um... So Jory goes over to the wardrobe and says, Lord Renly is brother to Lord Stannis as well as the king. And Ned says, yet it seems that he was not invited on these rides. Hmm. Hmm. Again, kind of weird. Um, so another little peek into Ned's brain. He has this whole little thought of he isn't really sure what to make of Renly um, with all of his friendly ways and easy smiles. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently a few days before, he had taken Ned aside and shown him this amazing rose gold locket. And inside was a painting of this lovely, gorgeous girl um, with doe eyes and a cascade of soft brown hair. Um, and he, I, in the book, he even, Renly even had said something like, do you, do you recognize her or something? Like, does it remind you of somebody? And Ned was like, mm. he just oh, shrugged. He's no. like, what? <laughs> and um, he just Renly tells him that the maid is Loras Tyrell's sister, Marjorie. Um, he told Ned that there were those who said she looked like Lyanna Stark. So I think he was trying to get him to say, oh, she looks like my sister mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, Ned literally just said no. <laughs> No, no, it doesn't. No. Um, and he has this thought, this thought. He goes, could it be that Lord Renly, who looked so much like young Robert, had conceived a passion for a girl he fancied to be a young Lyanna? That stuck with Ned as more than strange. No. Because she looked like Lyanna? Yeah. Well, I no, thought that no, was the, weird. The strange that part. he was so yeah. fixated on the fact that people were saying he, she looked like Lyanna. I thought, he looked oh, like a young Robert. I thought that, yeah, I thought oh. that it was, yeah. The fixation was that Renly is Got in it. love with someone that looks like Liana looked when Robert was in love with Liana. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Mm-hmm. That's weird. It is. The Baratheons have a type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They sure do. <laughs> and it's Liana Stark. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, so, Jory's holding out the um, doublet, which I didn't really know what that was. I looked it up, remember last time, it was a... Dublet. It's a Dublet. I don't know if it's Dublet or Dublet. I have no idea. Mm. But ah. it's like a vest, kind of. Oh, okay. 
It's okay. Like, it's like a leather vest. With yeah. A sigil yeah, and it says that he um, crosses here. Ned slides his hand, hands his hands through the armhole. Yeah, it's a short-fitting padded jacket, but it looks like a vest. Made out of leather. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So, um, he's putting that on, and he's kind of thinking out loud, and he says, "Perhaps Lord Stannis will return for Robert's tourney." Um, and he's Maybe. just saying that as Jory's like lacing up this double. Double. I like double. Double. <laughs> I don't even know if that's how you say double it. Double on his um on his back. Oh no, it's double. 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 I looked up how to say it. Double. De- <laughs> <laughs> we need Hannah back to tell us how to speak French. <laughs> Deble. Yeah, literally. Um, so Jory then drapes Ned's cloak around his shoulders and clasps it at his throat with the hand's badge of office. So he's really flexing. He says, I am a Stark and I am the hand of the king. Um, and Jory tells him that the armorer lives above his shop in a large house at the top of the Street of Steel. Mm. Alan knows the way, my lord. So Ned nods and just says, "God, the gods help this potboy if he sent me off herring after shadows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I swear to God, <laughs> if swear. you gave me false information, I'm coming for you. But he feels like it's going to be, because yeah. this is all gossip. Yeah, literally, all. It's just... Yeah, he even said kitchen gossip. Right. Um, and he kind of thinks to himself that the John Aaron that he had known was not one to wear jeweled and silvered plates. Steel was steel. He might have changed his views since being hand of the king, but being a king doesn't sound like that. him. Yeah. yeah. It's a little weird to yeah. order something so shiny. So uh, fancy. Hmm. Um, so Jory asks if there's anything else that he needs, and Ned tells him that he should be visiting whorehouses. I <laughs> thought this was funny, because Jory, Jory just goes, hard duty, my lord, <laughs> with a grin on his face, and he says, the men will be glad to help. Porther has made a fair start already. Mm-hmm. Sure he has. <laughs> shame, shame. I uh. know your name. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... As he walks out, Ned's favorite horse was already saddled and ready for him. And as he passed beneath the king's gate into the stink of the city, his gray and white cloak streaming from his shoulders, he billowing in the wind. Billowing in the wind. Oh, so majestic. <laughs> wow, Ned. <laughs> um, he's seeing he's seeing eyes everywhere. Mm-hmm. So the he spies. Knows. He yeah. Knows he's being I mean, honest. at this point, everybody's kind of told him about all the spies that everybody has, and he's like, okay. Yeah. Now I'm noticing them. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So he kicks his horse into a trot and his guard follows him. And the whole time that they're making their way through the streets, he's looking behind himself. He's, you know, checking to make sure nobody's following him. Um, You can tell he's feeling super uneasy, which I think is pretty valid, especially at at this point, which I know that everything has been gossip, but, I mean, from Mm -hmm. what he's been told, doesn't seem like he was... Like, Lord Aaron was sick. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, eh, maybe I should be careful. Um, the shadow of the king's spider and his little birds had him fretting like a maiden on her wedding night. Hmm. So, he's yeah, he's nervous. Um, so, the Street of Steel began at the market square beside the River Gate. River Gate is what it was called on maps, but it's more commonly referred to as the Mud Gate. 
Um, and he notices two two boys no older than Bran dueling with sticks to the loud encourage, encouragement of some and then the furious curses of others. And an old woman ended the contest by leaning out of her window and emptying a bucket of slops onto the head of the combatant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she just dumped it on all the people down below. That'll teach him. Uh, yeah. Um, so... He also sees that a bunch of farmers are standing beside their wagons, um, bellowing, apples, the best apples, cheap at the cheap at twice the price. And stuff like blood melons, sweet as sweet as honey. I blood melons make me think of um grapefruits. Mm. 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 Yummy. I like grapefruit. Mm. And then he this one this little this little chant kind of confused me. <laughs> Turnips, onions, roots. Here you go, here, here you go. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> and then he literally is just repeating it. So, yeah. Turnips, it's like, a, it's like Aladdin. Here you go. Yeah. Beginning of Aladdin. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're just, they're just selling stuff. That's literally what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, um, guards are standing at the mud gate and leaning on spears, um, kind of like half asleep. Until they hear a group of riders coming and they quickly form their ranks and clear the streets that there's a knight coming. Um, a knight rolls up Lord Barrick, who was wearing the sigil of his house, and he entered the guard he entered, and the guards asked if he was here for the tourney, and he quickly replied that he was here to win the tourney. He's not here for the tourney, he's here to win it. Okay? So Ned joined up the Street of Steel and rode to the tall house on the hill where his information had led him. Mm-hmm. Um, as he entered as he rode up to the house, he was immediately greeted by um, a young handmaid and Tobo Mott, who offered him wine, and he got down off his horse, and he was like, okay, it's really cordial. You know, they brought him inside, he got, had his wine, and as soon as he got Ned inside of his big house, he started pitching to Ned about building him armor and weapons, like, immediately. (laughs) So, he was... He was like, hey, did you see that I built, you know, Renly? Did you see Renly's armor? That was mine. I built that. That really cool green thing. (laughs) The green and gold. That was me. That was me. (laughs) I built that. That's Um, mine. That's me. And he's like, I could even make something, you know, I know the wolf is the house sigil for Stark. I could make some really cool stuff with the wolf. Like Trying to bait him. And he's like, like, "I'm I'm the best armorer in the city. Like, I can make some amazing stuff here. Um, or he goes, I've even learned and studied the ways of how to form Valerian steel. I could take your sword and make, make you a new one. I could reforge it. Um, and he kind of comments about how like forging steel is not just about, you know, learning how to do the steel, but it's about learning the magic ways of how to create this amazing forging. It's just, just a huge crock. Um, but Ned's not really having it. And he goes, well, did you make a falcon armor for Lord Aaron? And this kind of takes Tobo back a little bit. And he goes, well, they didn't actually honor me with their patronage, the two guys that were here. Huh. And he goes, really? They didn't buy the ar- they didn't buy armor from you? And he goes, no, they were more interested in the boy. And Ned goes, the, the boy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. And Ned, like, thinking on this for a second, is like, can I see the boy? Can you take me to see... Who is it? Who the boy is? Who, and he's like... Who is this boy? He's like, yeah, I could take you to go see him. He's in the back in the forgery right now. 
So Tobo took them back uh, to the forge, and when they open it, Ned, when they open the doors to the forge, Ned just comments about how it smells like sweat and smoke and steel. Um, because this is where they're, I mean, it's hot. Yeah. They're making, they're making all kinds of weapons and armor and things. Um, Ned could feel the heat as a strong boy with thick black hair came to talk to them. Hmm. <clears throat> thick black hair comes to talk to them. Thick, um, black, thick black hair. So, so Tobo <laughs> talks him up immediately and he goes, this is, this is um, Gendry. And he's one of the best forgers in the city, if not the best. Um, you go show him, show him the helm that you made, and and the boy quickly like retorts back, like it's not for sale. Huh. And Tobo's like kind of upset, and he's like, "This is the hand of the king. You can't just say like it's not for sale. You can't just say you can't have anything's it. <laughs> for sale." He's like, if, "If anything, you should offer it as a gift to him now that you said that to him." And Ned's like, "No, no, he didn't do me any harm." Like. He goes, did, and then he's like, can I talk to the boy for a second? So he lets him talk to Gendry, and he asks him, okay, so did, did someone named Lord Aaron and Stannis come and see you? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, what did, what did Stannis want with this armor? And he goes, well, Stannis didn't say anything to me. Stannis was just staring at me. <laughs> he's like, the, the, you, he's like the, you're talking about the, the tall man? He's just staring at me. But the other guy was asking more about my mother than the armor that he ordered. And Ned finds this very weird. He's like, he's asking about your mom. That's that's weird. Well, who was your mom? He goes, oh, well, my mom was a, a tavern woman with golden hair, um, and she passed away, unfortunately, a few years back. And Ned says, oh, I'm sorry to hear about that. Uh, and then Ned kind of gets closer to him while he's asking these questions, and he puts his hand through the boy's hair, and picks up his chin to look at him, and he goes, I see it. Hmm. What do you see, Ned? And Ned... What Ned, do you see? Yeah. Tell us. And so Ned... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. He just says, I see it, so that's like... What do you see? Wow. And so Ned then left with Tobo. He pays his regards to the boy, and he leaves with Tobo and asks, asks him... Okay, so... You have this boy as an apprentice who paid for his apprenticeship. Hmm. And Tobo goes, oh, he's a strong boy. He's very talented. You know, there was no need for Completely anyone. Completely disregarding the question. Yeah. No, no. He's, he's saying he's, like, he's a strong boy. I would I would have I would have given him an apprenticeship yeah, anyway. he's not giving him a straight answer. And Ned's like, listen, okay, you're not, there's tons of strong boys on the street. Cut the bullshit. So I want to know, yeah, I want to know who actually paid for this guy's, for his apprenticeship, because you wouldn't give it out for free, would you? Mm-hmm. And Tobo's like, I listen, I don't want, and he's like, I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but it was like, it was a stout man, stout round man with a beard. He was wearing a hood. He paid for it in gold, and he had no sigil or no defining features. He was wearing a heavy, rich coat of silver and purple, and I don't know who it was. Didn't even see his face, but he gave me some gold so that I would take this kid as an apprentice. Hmm. And Tobo goes, I, I, listen, I don't want any trouble. And Ned replies with one of the best lines here. He goes, neither neither did, neither did, do I, but in these times you can't escape trouble. Mm. So Ned, Ned said that um, 
said to Tobo as he was leaving, he goes, if Gendry ever wants to wield a sword instead of make one, send him my way. Um, and Tobo thanked him, and Ned, I think, flipped him a coin there, and Ned left. So Ned, confused, asked a single question while he was riding back. What is what, the question? What had John Aaron wanted with a king's bastard, and why was it worth John Aaron's life? So Gendry is a... So he is, is a bastard? He's Robert's bastard. He's Robert's bastard. He's a Baratheon. <gasps> what? Well, technically Thick he wouldn't. black hair. But I don't think he would be a... Well, I mean, yes, he is Baratheon, but... Yeah, he's a bastard, but he's a bastard last He's a Baratheon bastard. What's the southern... Sand... No, sand is Dorne. Dorne. Let me look it up. Bastard. It's... Oh, um... Oh... Waters. Waters. Well, they are Storm's End. That's just crazy. So, there it is. Gendry's a, a bastard of the king. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the plot thickens. The plot <laughs> thickens. Like Gendry's hair. <laughs> so our discussion questions are, uh, we're going to start with, why do you think Ned was so interested in what, in what the book said about the Lannister family? Now, why the Lannisters? Well, first of all, we know why the Lannisters, because um, they're suspicious about the, the dagger. But the why blade. are we suspicious about their heritage? Their lineage? Yeah. See? I don't know. I don't want to say, like, too much to give anything away. No, I don't know. Yeah. From the books. Yeah. From the books, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Right, so... We just know that there's something fishy about their heritage something fishy afoot and remember i'm i don't know if i'm overstepping right now to say this but remember that looks are very important in game of thrones yes Mm -hmm. eye color hair color all of that skin color like that just picked that up exactly like that like the hair was like the big giveaway for ned black hair like (laughs) that is definitely something to like track and like pay attention to when you're reading and listening to us yeah. is looks because they they do a lot of like lineage based on how you look mm-hmm. you know your your traits for your family are passed down strongly and it's, it's all written down obviously yes. yes it is it's written down there so it's important yeah. it's very important yeah so we don't know yet yeah yeah i mean we just haven't gotten but we there's definitely that speculation yeah. about not going to speculate too hard on yeah it. But, like, it's something to speculate about. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the second question is, what do you think these bits of gossip have any truth to them? I mean... I'm going to say yes I, no. th- uh, Yeah. I think, obviously, I think people have their own ideas of what might have happened. Just, like, the different people who would see the Hand of the King around. But, I mean, obviously, there's some sort of truth to them. He found Gendry. I'm not throwing anything out that was said, besides the carrots and apples thing. I think everything is Other a good starting point. Yeah, I think there's I some... I think he has to do some digging and research. Like, he obviously he did this, this chapter, but I don't think he should take everything as it is that he yeah. hears. I think that they're... To, to be on the, the gendry thing, I think that's why Stannis was there. Because Stannis was a Baratheon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
or is a Baratheon. Is so a Baratheon. he's like confirming that, like, yeah, that's a that's a Baratheon bastard there. Yeah, looks like a Baratheon, doesn't he? Must be a Baratheon. So I'm thinking that's why Stannis is there, but that doesn't answer the question. Why was he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why did he? Which accompany leads John? us to our next question, which is Ned's question. And will we be able to answer it? I don't know. We'll try. But what had John Aaron wanted with the king's bastard, and why was it worth his life? I think claim to the throne. Yeah. I think it has to do with the kingdom. Like, yeah. like who Probably. has the right to be on the throne? Yeah. Yeah, I think that we, you know, Stannis left for a reason, and he's the next in line. Exactly. He? So if he's next, or is Renly next in line? No, it's Stannis. It's Stannis. Stannis? Renly's Renly's so if Stannis Renly's is next in line... Yeah. And then why I mean But why except, John Aaron why does John Aaron care though? Why but that, that answers yes, why Stannis yeah. cares. Why would John Aaron care? Stannis, yeah. So why wouldn't Stannis just do it? Why would John Aaron care? Right. I don't know. I think I think because John had good intentions for the realm, maybe? maybe. He was just an honest person. Yeah, maybe he was just maybe. a man of honor like Ned is. Question mark? Question I mean, mark. He helped raise Ned, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously Ned had to learn it from somewhere. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. Ned and Robert were friends. But if he did, the, my question is, if he did, I'm sorry, we're asking more questions than actually answering <laughs> it. But why? Well, it's a discussion question. <laughs> we need more questions. Why would John Aaron, if he was so close with Robert, why would he want to, like, look into, like, the possibility of, like, a conspiracy? Do you know what I'm saying? But I feel like. I think we know why. Yeah, but, like. But outside of but that, like in the, the book itself. Yeah, yeah he's the, the, he's the hand. He's not like... I don't think we have any even type of speculation as to why he would be so interested in that right Yeah. Now. I think that we do see something, though, with the lineages and looking at a bastard mm-hmm. and the fact that, that... I think that that right now... I think it's hinted towards Ned the... Ned playing Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So just to, just to recap, I just want to say why this is important... Currently, Robert is on the throne. Right. Right. If he dies, who's up next? Stannis. Right. Well. Right? No, because he has a son. son. Because Robert has a son. I know, but I'm saying. Oh, without Without the the son. Right. It would be Stannis. Stannis Mm -hmm. would be next, yes. And if it weren't Stannis, yes, it would be his son. But the fact that there's a bastard, he's a threat to the throne. Yeah. That's why it's important right now. So let's just let's just recap this whole thing. Oh god. Robert had a hand. <laughs> yes. And John Aaron. Right. John Aaron friends with Ned and Robert. Yep. John Aaron, before he died, was looking into several things. One, he was looking at the book of lineages. Mm-hmm. Yep. His he was looking into this kid, Gendry. Gendry. He was looking into a couple other things that you mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. What was one of those? Breeding things? the hunting dogs. Breeding the hunting hounds. And getting the new armor. Yeah. The new but now armor. it kind Wasn't of seems like the armor though? was just an excuse for... Right. I think I so. I think so. I think that was an excuse. Just to get more info. He was just reading... I can't remember. Or it was an excuse to not be watched. Maybe. Maybe. Right. Because yeah. now it doesn't look like he's going there to talk to a bastard. Yeah. It looks like he's looks going like there he's to going get there some new armor. armor. Yeah. Right. right. For the, you know, whatever they, he needed it for. Right. Because Renly got some new armor. But wasn't there one other thing? 
I can't remember. There was, there was something else that he was looking into as well that was questionable. Then, John Aaron dies a questionable death the day after. After he's questioning all this stuff. After he's, the day the day after he gets the book of right, the lineages, right. he dies. Because he's getting too close to it, maybe. Or he's a, or he gets sick. Right. I guess I should say. It well, took him a little while. But it's just crazy because the day before, he was this strong, healthy man that was right. so active. He was and then stronger than men. And then he was deathly sick. Yeah. Stronger than men half his age. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's deathly sick. Yes. Going on rides. Yeah. Like, for no reason. Going to brothels. And then yeah. I would say, I'm going to throw this in there as well, Maester Picel is acting a little sus hmm. with sending another Maester away that was trying to save him. I think that's a little questionable Everything's well. just suspicious because also suspicious Lysa's point. being a little sus too. Yeah. She's bringing all those people back to the, the veil with her. Like, yeah. you know, what? like, yeah. what? And then, yeah, and then <laughs> after sus, he dies, yeah. Lysa leaves... And brings everyone that could answer any questions with her. Yeah, so exactly. That's what I just said. Including her son. That's what I just Stannis said. Even her leaves. son. Yeah, oh. and then Stannis leaves. Well, her son was already... But, but why but did John... Stannis leave? Yeah. I think that's my biggest question right now, is why did Stannis Because that just made him look worse. It yeah. does. At this point, if, Ned, if anyone puts any pieces together, which Ned is, mm-hmm. Stannis looks Bad. very guilty right yeah. now. Yeah. But then again, why would he want to kill Jon Arryn for that? Yeah. That wouldn't be John Aaron. That would be. St- no. What? It, why would, that would if be, Stannis left? That would you, be the the Robert's kids. If he wanted, if he was worried about like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Why would he? Why would he kill John? Uh, or would he? Because remember, Stannis said, or they said that Stannis's duty was like his number one thing, right? Yeah. That's all he cares about is duty, and it's kind of like Ned with. Mm-hmm. Being what? An honorable An honorable person. Honor and then duty. You got like two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah. But they're like almost very similar to each other. Yeah. And like now Ned's here. About this all night, though. I was going to say, yeah. if you guys are still with us right now, you guys are troopers. <laughs> but you're probably asking the same questions Honestly. and thinking along the same lines. Yeah. So if you feel confused right now don't worry we are too yeah <laughs> but it's a good confusion because we're is. uncovering every single chapter seems to uncover a little bit more yes mm-hmm. and yeah so we're getting into the thick of it now so um our Tyrion tidbit for today is i've heard that the food in hell is wretched <laughs> well i would imagine so <laughs> Oh, that was a smart tidbit. I was just gonna say, it's just funny. So. <laughs> it's just a little light humor I after a serious chapter. Yeah. Love him. All right, guys. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media. You can find us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is Game of Wines, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. Our Facebook group is Game of Wines podcast group. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines One, and on YouTube at Game of Wines Podcast. That is it for this week's episode of Game of Wines. Next episode, we will be discussing Catelyn Chapter 5. So make sure you read before the next episode. Thanks for listening.